Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. Uh, today's afternoon update, as promised. Um, there were a couple of things going on, but this should be a short episode, reasonably short episode. Just there are some things that I want to make sure you're aware of because I don't know how broad spectrum these are. So you may start seeing some weird behavior, and I want to talk about it. Then I want to talk about another token that's not out yet, but it's coming that I think you should have your eyes on because there's a lot of heavy hitter investors behind this one. First, let's start off with. Um, the outage that's going on right now with Amazon Web Services, if you weren't aware of this, Amazon Web Services is having major outage issues, mostly on East Coast servers. And most of these crypto companies are on the East Coast, and they've chosen chosen to put their stuff on AWS, which boggles my mind. But regardless, they didn't have a fall, a failover plan, a backup plan, a way to make sure there was redundancy because they didn't want to spend the money for it. So anybody who is only on AWS is down. So Coinbase is one that stands out where you're not able to get into the portal. Now, initially, it was that you could get into the portal and everything was fine with the portal. It simply was that you could not get into your card, the debit card that they have. That wasn't going to work. And their front-facing website works perfectly fine. It's only the, you know, the one people actually care about, the login one that was having issues. It seems like the issues are intermittent, so it may go in and out throughout the day. So I want to make sure you're aware of that because what that means is that you won't be able to do any trades. You won't be able to watch the price on Coinbase side as far as the exchange. And you won't be able to, if you use the debit card, you won't be able to make changes to how the debit card distribution works for what token is used for the debit card. Now, the card issue seems to be a different something else, not related to AWS, but I think AWS probably has a part to play, possibly in the database or something. So the issue there is that Without having access to the card online, you can't check the effective balance that the card's locked or not, so you're not going to be able to lock it. So say you're about to go traveling or something, you can't lock it, and if it's locked, you can't unlock it. You can try calling them and seeing if they can assist there, and there is something in the automated prompts that talks about it, but I'm just forewarning you, you may run into some brick walls there. And then again, it seems to be intermittent, and I don't know which all carriers are affected by it, so just be aware, if you're not able to log in, it could be the AWS issue. If that provider has a status page, you might want to check that out and see if they can provide you a more specific informational piece about what's going on and if it's related to the AWS. And there's no way to know how long that's all going to last. As of right now, I can log in. However, it does seem to be going in and out at points. And there's no real logic or sense as to why and when what's going to happen. If you are on Twitter, you can follow an account. It's called Is Coinbase Down? It's an unofficial account, but what it did is it integrate it with the status page so when you follow it it'll send you basically a notification if you if you're on twitter and then you can follow it otherwise you can subscribe on text messages but i don't do text they don't offer email which drives me nuts if you use slack they offer that one as well so you can go that way so just be aware that could affect you potentially if you are on any of these services that uses aws i want to make sure you're aware of that the second thing I want to talk about is the token that, again, is not out yet. So I want to stress, it is not out yet. However, it's they're building it, and it's I think it's impending, possibly in Q1, maybe January, because it's being built out. But it's called Sin City, and this is spelled S-Y-N, not S-I-N, but S-Y-N, City. Website is sin.city, and there's nothing there yet. But I want to talk about the premise behind this. This token, it's a token, but it's built around a metaverse concept of kind of this mafia-ish world where you can create a persona 
in this and it's it's like a mafia world that you can play in and using the tokens and then there's going to be nfts and the whole nine but the reason this one stands out is because of the people that they have on the investment side ant capital spartan group these are major players in the investment space i wouldn't call them hedge funds because that's not fair but they are major players in investments um the other one i noticed was ksi and if you don't know who ksi is ksi started as a youtuber he started he built a youtube deal and then he put up you know silly stupid videos or whatever and then eventually he branched into as he gained popularity and followers he became a boxer so he's actually had i believe two fights now um as a pro boxer he's licensed as a boxer and he also is a rapper so he has rap videos and collaborations that he's done and he's got quite a few of them he has a pretty significant following on youtube as a result and on social media in general um, another name that stood out to me is Kieran Warwick. Kieran Warwick, um, he is the co-founder of Alluvium. And Alluvium, the service, the company, um, is, I don't want to say it's in the metaverse because it's not, it's like a game. It's, it's a game that you can play. And it's one of the best built games if you look at it. One of the best built games that's there. And they were working on a process to where we can avoid the gas fees by using a different chain to do transactions and support the NFTs. So the Alluvium kind of the world seems to fit and gel very nicely with what the Sin City is trying to do in terms of creating a world and kind of going feet first into the metaverse. And I'll just say this. If you're sick of hearing about metaverse, so am I. I'm being honest with you. I think it's a, I think it's a, a fad. And it's kind of frustrating because if you think about the developers of Second Life, and I talked about Second Life on a previous episode of the show, the developers of the Second Life program, the game, were way ahead of themselves. They were way ahead of the game. They, this You're talking a game that was released in 2003, almost 18 years ago, and it was arguably the best possible example of what you can think of as a, quote, metaverse or like a virtual world concept. And it was 18 years ago, and it was one of the most popular games. But even as the one of the most popular games, it only ever had concurrently about a million people on this thing. So that meant it had significant potential. It it lasted. It, there's still people on it, but there's no active development. But there's still people that go in it on occasion because they can't let it go. It just did a release back in February. So it still has a life. But my point is that the developers of this one were way ahead, way ahead of the curve in what they developed with this thing. And it makes me feel bad because they were so far ahead of what they did that now they're not able to fully capitalize on what they really originated, what they started, what they emphasize in terms of this whole meta verse concept. It's just frustrating. And hopefully they see that, okay, this thing, now they people understand in society that this metaverse has potential. And we're going to go ahead and jump into this thing. Um, if you wanted to try out Second Life, you're free to. It's free. It's a free experience. You can join in there. And basically you create your persona and you create a life. That's a second life inside of this thing. And there's at the time that this was huge, so you're talking between 2004 and 2007, I want to say, was its prime. I mean, they had all sorts of big-name brands in there where you would go in and you could, using currency, actually go and shop inside the store for your avatar, let's say. This is the potential that they had already realized 18 years ago that now, all of a sudden, we're right back where we started, 360 degrees with the concept of Metaverse, and you're going to see that again. You're going to see... A lot of these brands jump on board. So this Sin City, I can guarantee you there's going to be some brands looking at this one because there's a lot of big players with eyes on this thing. 
And there's going to be a lot of brands that want a piece of the of the pie, as it were. So just FYI, if you want to check it out, feel free to check it out, Second Life. If you're just curious to kind of get a sense of what might be the case, I still think that Second Life was the gold standard in what's possible. Now, of course, graphics have come a long way, so don't expect to be blown away by the graphical detail. I wouldn't say they're terrible, but they're certainly not going to blow you away. Um, you could even hold remote meetings in Second Life, so maybe if you're a business or you have a business or you want to test it that way, because that's another concept that Metaverse has been talking about is the idea that you're just a virtual avatar and you're meeting virtually in a remote setting. And then that way you're not thinking about office or cubicle or any of that. You can build a world that you're meeting around and kind of enjoy the scenery and that kind of thing. So that's something you can also test if you want to kick the tires on it. I guarantee you Sin City is going to have something very similar to this. Now, of course, if you're in the mafia, you're probably not too concerned about meetings per se, except for who's the next hit about. But that's SinCitySYN.City. If you want to take a look at that, I do recommend that you do because I do think that there's strong potential there. And I do um, think, you know, again, Second Life kind of paved the way. It opened the door for what is possible, what's coming in the future. On the last part, I'll just talk about mining crypto real quick. Questions have been raised about how mining will be affected by ETH2O. ETH right now with the Ethereum, it's easy to mine Ethereum with any graphics card. On the Bitcoin side, you pretty much have to have special hardware called ASIC hardware. What with ETH2O and it being proof of stake, the concept of mining is likely to go away, at least in its current form. Now, what it generally is going to mean is that what we know of as mining is going to change. It's not going to be performing calculations and being able to, as a computer, prove that you're able to do the calculations. Now it needs to validate transactions. So proof of sale or proof of, yeah, point of sale rather, transactions that are happening, we need to validate those. There are now transactional things we need to confirm rather than just doing wasted effort, doing raw calculations of things. Now it's we need to make stuff happen. We need to move things around. But we also need to prove people's stake as they hold tokens and as tokens are staked and as rewards are granted for the stake and there's a lot that still is in play so i'm saying that the current form of what we think of as mining is going to take a completely different approach i believe in eth2o and beyond plus you're still going to have bitcoin they're trying to make bitcoin go away from proof of work into proof of stake but that's a long way away in my opinion i think it's going to be proof of work for the foreseeable future simply because there's so much to bitcoin it's going to be challenging to move it I'm thinking you're talking probably 2024 before you see any sort of significant movement in Bitcoin. And by that time, I think Ethereum 2.0 and all the other tertiary networks, you know, Tron and Solana and Compound and Algorand and Stellar, all these other ones will have made so much progress that I think there's going to be a shift. Bitcoin will start to take the form that gold once took, where it's still this commodity that's people that have value to people, but... I don't think it's going to be at the forefront. I think all the other ones are going to slowly overtake it. And then to that point, people have speculated that meme coins, so-called meme coins, now it's that fad's gone. I disagree with this. I think that they're going to take a different shape with the new types of contracts that are out there. I think you're going to have more meme coins show up. I think there's going to be more security to the meme coins, though, where there's going to be less of these scams that are out there that we see today a lot of which are inherent to the way that Ethereum is built and the way Binance is built and so on. I think you're going to see where there's less of the meme coins that just kind of come and go, where they can pull it, 
perhaps in the form of staking, where staking becomes a utility that the developer can't control. So I'm having all these visions about what's possible, and I'm saying this to you because I have toyed with the idea of creating a coin myself, if only to understand the process and go through, kick the tires, and make sure to learn from it, see how that works. And I have not given up on that idea. It's still something I've thought about. Um, but I, I realized that with Ethereum 2.0, there's going to be a wider possibility to really dig into this and try to figure out how can we improve Ethereum beyond just the gas fees? Because the gas fees is something that they need to fix, but there's certainly other opportunities to do more with it, I believe. So that's my afternoon update. Hopefully that's been a little bit beneficial and helpful. And then for those who are not in the United States, of course, this may be your morning update. And I appreciate you. I certainly do. And just as a reminder to wrap this up, if you're, I don't know what tool you're using, obviously, but we are listed on iTunes. We are listed on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Audible, which is Amazon Audible, and a number of other platforms. So you're not limited to one place. You can go whichever way you want to go. I wanted to make sure there was enough exposure. Seems like Spotify is where most of you are listening from, so I appreciate you there. And if there are certain topics that are of interest to you, we do have a direct form where you can link directly to the main podcast tool, which is called Substack. It's directly on the tool. And you can leave comments about any of the episodes and that comment, I read it directly and I'm happy to respond and I'm active on it. So that address is linktr.ee. So think of the word tree, but just put the dot before the double E. So linktr.ee slash Leisteridge. And Leisteridge, you can get the spelling from the name of the podcast at the beginning. And when you go to that link, it's going to list all the different platforms that the podcasts are on, and the one you're looking for is Substack. When you go there, you don't, you shouldn't have to register, I don't believe. Inside there, you can find a specific entry of the podcast that you're aware of, and from there, you can leave a comment, and then I'll see those, and it comes to email, and I'll respond to you. So if you do have comments or feedback or suggestions or recommendations, I do appreciate that feedback. If you want to share it, that's the way, best way to do it. We're also on Twitter at Leisteridge, if you want a message there, if you're on there. And we're also on LinkedIn, um, a company named Leisteridge. So we're everywhere now, and we appreciate having you here, and we appreciate what we've seen in terms of the growth. And we're going to continue doing what we're doing. We will make a few modifications based on what we see with Ethereum 2.0, and we will make a few modifications based on the metaverse and as it builds out. Other than that, we're not going anywhere. We're here. You know, we're... Leicester Ridge for life.